It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Everyone, good morning. Hey everybody, good morning. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about an alarming report that has been brought to my attention about homeless children in Michigan. It's alarming because Michigan is the state with the sixth highest number of school children who are homeless. And we're going to examine that and the ramifications for that and what does that mean for those of us who have school children and what can we do about it? And how does this happen? We're gonna talk about it because it's important to uncover these issues and to talk about them because sometimes, no, in, in Michigan, in Michigan. Because sometimes people don't know and what you don't know, you know, they used to say what you don't know doesn't hurt you, that's not true. What you don't know does hurt you, right? So we're gonna talk about that and to talk about how did this happen, and so on. And I know many of you are aware that there is some other stuff going on on TV, homeless in the world. No, homeless in the United States, right? Homeless in the United States. We're not talking about the world, because that would be on a different scale, because there are the number of homeless children in the world is astronomical. I mean, if you think about those who are migrants from Africa and other parts and from Syria, in other parts of the world who are migrating to, to, to Europe and trying to get to Europe, the number is astronomical. We couldn't quantify that, right? And it seems to me there was a time when countries like the United States and other countries used to invest and provide incentives for people to stay in their own country. And times have changed. Globalization and a global marketplace and with the advent of the internet and people seeing how they can live in other countries and fare better, have prompted people to keep it moving. But right now, I'm focused on the state of Michigan and the number of homeless children who are in the state of Michigan. Why? Uh, a few months ago, uh, I talked about this, but let me go back a little bit, right? A few years ago, uh, might have been about three or four years ago, this was something that was first brought to my attention. I was volunteering with a nonprofit. And when we began, they suggested that I was invited to visit the activities of another nonprofit whom I won't name. They provide, uh, they specialize in providing mental therapy to, to folks. And initially they were just providing it to the residents of the county. But then they discovered that the people who were coming forward who needed help the most were children for mental therapy. I kid you not. So they broadened their scope in an effort to look at it. And that's when they brought me in and they said, you need to look at this. There's some human trafficking elements here, and this is why. And they showed me the direct correlation between those two. Who is Robert Paulson? He was a former Treasury Secretary. Is that who you're talking about? Right? And so when I, looked at the, when I looked at it, the numbers were alarming. Why are there? Because the first thing you think about is if children are homeless, they're not going to school. And if they're not going to school, then the opportunity for them to go on to college and get a good job so they can overcome their victimhood is significantly reduced. And so one of the things we, I started to look, I wanted to know why. Why does this happen? What are the contributing factors? So first, I need to tell you what does the law say and how is homelessness defined. And according to a federal education law, homelessness is defined as, and I'm going to read it word for word, it's described as lacking, let me put my glasses on, it says lacking a fixed, regular, and adequate nighttime residence. So according to federal education law, homelessness among students 
is defined as lacking a fixed, regular, and adequate <clears throat> nighttime residence. Right? So with that background in mind, the University of Michigan did a study and compiled data from across the state of Michigan to determine for all of us to see where people are most vulnerable. Naturally, the numbers are going to be higher in urban areas because there are more people in urban areas. But you know what was troubling was that in rural areas and small towns, the numbers per capita were astronomical. Why? Because farming dried up. There are no farms anymore. People who took a loan out on their farm lost their homes, lost their land. Where do those children go? There are no jobs in rural towns and small towns in America. Industry left. So there's no manufacturing jobs. There's nothing. And I dare say that whilst Michigan might have the highest number, I dare say that I believe this is replicated across the country, especially in states where farming is an issue. So now in Michigan, so now what we're looking at is the number of students who are homeless broken down by school district and broken down by where they live. Now, the most populous region, let me read what this guy thing. Uh, feeding cows instead. Dude, really? <laughs> right, I'm just going to laugh at that, right? <laughs> the most populous region in Michigan is Southeast Michigan, right? Naturally, you're going to find that Within southeastern Michigan, this corner of Michigan, the lower southern eastern part of the state, is the most populous region. Naturally, because of sheer numbers, most people who live in Michigan live in this area, right? So the sheer numbers are just by numbers, you're going to find that. But what surprised me was looking at the numbers, I was still shocked about some areas that I would have thought this should not happen. So bearing in mind that uh, homelessness is defined as not having a fixed, adequate, regular, nighttime residence. I'm crying because I can't believe that. It's alarming, especially now with the weather. And, and in Michigan, we have intermittent weather. I mean, we go from extremes. It's cold, it's cold, it's colder, it's coldest, it's a polar vortex, it's extremely cold, it's the North Pole, etc. And so we begin to look at, well, what can school districts do? What are they doing about students who come forward? Well, a large part of it is, is the transiency of homelessness. The students are homeless because the parents are homeless. The parents are homeless because they lost a job, lost their footing in society, and are unable to find it. Well, what can the school district do? What, it's a government issue. The government has to respond to that. When you see things like this, it means individuals are incapable of being able to help themselves. This is where social services come in. So the student identifies to the, the school. The school then has an assessment done by the social worker who in turn directs the family to resources available in the community. Uh, drugs. Well, they, in this study, they didn't identify why they were homeless. It didn't say because of drugs or because of mental health issues. We're not going to say that at this point, except to say we probably need to make sure that this doesn't happen. In fact, the sheer number is that 36,000 students are homeless. Uh, like, seriously, I, I was alarmed. I was very alarmed. <laughs> I kid you not. I was very alarmed. I was, I was, uh, I was very alarmed. And, I, and I'm going to read the number to you so you know, because maybe some of you think uh, that this is, they've broken it down. Listen to this. 70% of homeless students were enrolled in schools outside of Southeast Michigan, right? Naturally, so more tax money. Well, who is paying taxes in, Detroit, in, in, in Michigan, in America today? Rich people don't pay taxes. So if people are not working, how are they going to pay taxes? The rich are not paying taxes, right? It's people like you and I who are paying taxes, right? If you're rich, good for you, right? And when I say rich, I mean like you have excess. No, I'm not wrong. 
The rich are not paying taxes. So it's you and I who are paying taxes. Right? So listen to this. 3% of Michigan students were homeless. Right? It's very high. And this poverty, what causes homelessness? Poverty. Rich people do not pay their fair share. Honey, you don't know much about taxation, do you? Seriously, rich people do not pay their fair shares. No, they don't. Rich people, rich people since Reagan have not been taxed on the 80% of their earnings, of their money. And the new tax code that uh, was introduced two years ago does not help. So rich people do not pay their fair share. In fact, a few uh, earlier this year, or less than a year ago, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates actually asked the government to tax them so that they could, they could their taxes could contribute to the bottom line of the country. So you, you don't defend rich people because you're not rich. Because if you were rich, you would know you don't pay much in taxes, right? So here's the thing. Over, this is the, the student poverty rate is high. Over 490,000 public school children are identified as low income and therefore eligible for free lunch, right? 7% of that number struggle with homelessness, right? So listen to this. Overall, 40% of Michigan's education agencies says one out of every 10 low-income students has simultaneously struggled with housing instability and homelessness. This is crazy, right? So if you're from Metro Detroit, here's some things to think about. Uh, Metro Detroit School District, Monroe Public Schools has 5%, Ypsilanti, 9%, Dundee, 6%, Taylor, 4%, Waterford, and Detroit Public Schools, they did not put that in here, but it's there, right? Bill Gates is an ultra-liberal evil piece. Is he really liberal? You think he's liberal? He just won a contract from the Pentagon. Jeff Bezos went for that contract and he didn't get it and Bill Gates got it. I don't know how liberal that is. I think rich people go uh, support candidates who support their agendas. I don't think rich people are, are one or the other. They do whatever is expedient for them. If I were wealthy, that's what I would do. I would support the candidate who's going to make me richer. So I don't know that I would call Bill Gates evil or, or liberal. I don't think so. I think they look for candidates who perhaps are going to look out for their agenda, right? Right, Tony? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what my viewer here is saying. He said Detroit is a hellhole because of democratic policies. I'm not going to fight you on that because that's true. I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you on that. Detroit is the way it is because of democratic policy. I mean, let's just be clear here. Uh, in the 1970s, when people couldn't make it because of the way that the system was stacked, the, the Democrats introduced a policy that said that if you wanted to get uh, social services help, you had to be single. So you couldn't be married. So if you were married and part of the home, they weren't going to give you any money. So people broke up and so that they could get social services help. That was a Democratic policy. What that did was it broke up families. It became a disincentive for people to get married to this day. That was from the 1970s, like almost 50 years ago. So tell me again. So I agree with you. Right? And it puts, pushed fathers out of the household. And you and I are on the same page. If it pushed fathers out of the household, duh, men earn more money than women do. What, what's going to happen? Crime. The children have no father figure, Right? It goes on and on and on. This was the beginning of the end. I told, dude, I am totally with you on that. I agree with you, right? Public policy. Big industry causes homelessness when they shut down plants and corporations. Now, young black boys have no man to look up to, so they go to jail, and the first man they have an encounter with gives them something that they were not expecting. But you, it is what it is, right? And as you said, big industry causes causes this by closing plants. Of course, naturally, big industry is owned and controlled by a board of shareholders whose job it is to do what? Make more money. 
So they're naturally going to look at political candidates who are going to support their interests. The rich want to stay rich. They do not want to be poor. Who wants to be poor if your, if your kids are going to end up homeless? Who wants that? So it is the job of the rich to find political candidates who are going to support their agenda, and they do it over and over. And we need to stop and stop and stop being emotional about politics and start looking at it for what it really is. If you're going to participate in the political section, if you're going to vote, who are you voting for? If you're going to discuss it, well, know your facts and get your facts so you can be educated about the issues. But it's time for us to be emotional about people who have no basis to support us. Like, you could never get me to support the Clintons. Why? They believed in mass incarceration. They were the ones who tore down welfare. And after they tore down welfare, we've had higher rates of poverty, higher rates of homelessness, higher rates of drug, of drug abuse in, in communities of color. And yet you're all going to get emotional about Bill and Hillary Clinton. Are you kidding me? You're not going to find me support that. Mass incarceration, anybody? Do you see what I mean? It's time for us to stop being emotional and look at the hard facts. And the hard facts are with poverty, endemic poverty is now institutionalized, generational poverty, generational poverty caused by public policies that have impacted people's lives is what is causing homelessness. There is no scenario. This is the richest country in the world. And I'm appealing. I'm not even appealing to politicians because they just hear my podcast and they just keep it moving, right? But there are 36,000 homeless children in Michigan, as we speak, that means tonight, while you go home and cuddle with your intern and cuddle with your sextern or whoever, and then you get up and go home to your wife or your whatever you have, 36,000 school children are going to be homeless. That means they do not have a safe, regular, adequate nighttime residence. And politicians are just like, whoa, ain't my problem. Whoa, ain't me. Let me go to special interest over here to make sure that that doesn't happen to me. I kid you not. I'll tell you the honest truth. The more I look at things today, the more I'm starting to remember when I used to read Charles Dickens' novels and how bad the Industrial Revolution was. And whilst we celebrate the Industrial Revolution, because it revolutionized industry and made for mass employment and so on. It also created an underclass. And people who were wealthy would do anything to screw people over. Now, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. I want to be wealthy. But at the same time, I don't believe that I'm going to be wealthy at the expense of 36,000 children who are going to be homeless. Do you see what I'm saying? They have places to go? No, they don't have places to go. Rich people been getting tax breaks forever. When you have never struggled or lived low income, you would. Uh-huh. If they have to close shop because they're losing money. Is there a Kentucky woman's shelter there? There are women's shelters. Honey, there are shelters. The problem is the shelters are full. As a matter of fact, I have a meeting with the homeless network of Detroit later today. They do provide resources, right? People get hurt in shelters, so a lot of people shy away from going into shelters. That is why we say they're homeless. Rich people are not responsible for other people's responsibility. Right, well, we shouldn't buy stuff from Amazon and make Jeff Bezos any richer. With wealth comes privilege, and with privilege comes an equal responsibility. I think we've forgotten that. So we say, well, rich people are not responsible. Then you shouldn't be rich because the privilege that you enjoy of being wealthy, you also have a responsibility. Nobody's telling you you should go give your money away, but you should give something. You should put something into somebody because it's not going to affect your bottom line. Jeff Bezos from Amazon is not going to pay any taxes for 2018. Zero taxes in 2018. Zero how much you paid in taxes when you file your taxes next year? You start defending rich people. You're not, right? The richest man in the country, Jeff Bezos, is not paying taxes. 
but you are. Are you rich? You're not rich like him. You don't even have $250 million. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I think we need to... I think we need to look at this in a different way. I think we really, and I think maybe it's rubbing you the wrong way because you're like, well, uh, that's their fault and their responsibility. I used to think like that too until I saw how easy it was. I lost a full-time job. If I didn't have my mother, I, I would have been on the street with my children. I didn't realize, I didn't know such a thing could ever happen to anybody. When your savings are wiped out, Oh, tell me how I need to look at this in another way. I would love to. Just help me to understand how I need to look at this. Because I'm talking from, if I had not, if this had not almost happened to me, I would not have known. I could not relate. When I lost my full-time job, I used my savings to pay for me to continue to live until my savings ran out and I never got a job to replace it. I kept telling myself I was going to get a job. I never got a job. I had to move in with my mother. If we didn't move in with my mother, my, if I didn't have my mother at the time, I don't know what I would have done. It's a good thing my mother had her own house and didn't live in an apartment and didn't live with some guys so we couldn't live there. <laughs> right? He gives money to do That's why the rich don't pay proper taxes. Exactly. Thank you. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? So when I look at it, it's personal for me because I saw how perilous the close it, it can come for some people. There are students on college campuses who, don't, who can't go home for Thanksgiving. There's no home for them to go to. The only housing they have is the dorm. House, it's not just that home is not a safe place. It's that there is no home because their parents live in a shelter. But they're in college, and while they're in college, they can stay at a dorm, but when it becomes time for Thanksgiving and Christmas. They have nowhere else to go. So we can't, these people will always be poor. Be poor. Even if you give them millions of dollars, they will still be poor. Look, the way society is built, the poor will always be with us. Well, that's not the issue. The issue is the public policies that we have ignited that are causing these things to perpetuate. When you have large numbers of your people who are homeless, and who are frustrated, you're setting yourself up for something terrible to happen. That's where I think people miss it, because they're saying, well, I have layers of protection, I can hire security. Well, those same security will turn on you too, because they're not going to live in your house and live on your compound. At the end of the day, they're going to have to drive home to where they live and put up with the stuff, and they're going to turn on you too. It, it, it's kind of like that uh, smoke and mirrors thing. You know what I mean? You, you, you see only one part of it, and the one part that you see blinds you to the abject reality that exists in the other part. Poverty exists because of public policy. We don't live in a socialist regime. I don't want to live in a socialist. I like capitalism. I like entrepreneurship, right? But at the same time, I think everybody should pay taxes based on what you have. I don't think I should pay more taxes per capita when you have 500 billion times more than I do? Why am I paying? Why am I being taxed at such a high rate when you don't pay taxes and you have 250 million billion times more than I do? That is the issue. And if people continue to think like this, and now with the internet, see, once upon a time you had to rely on the four major networks to tell you about people, or you might see a scandal in the National Enquirer or whatever. Right? You remember this thing that was on TV about lifestyles of the rich and famous? Today, you don't have to wait on that. All you have to do is pick up your phone, and you can Google and see how wealthy people live. How long do you think people are going to continue to look at that and recognize the disparities in their living situations and be comfortable with that? you think people are happy with that? You think this is going to continue? Think about it. 36,000 homeless people, students. That means those kids are at risk for being trafficked. They're at risk for somebody to come and promise them that he or she will take care of them and sell them into sexual slavery. They become a slave. They're shackled, 
and treated like slaves. And that does not concern you because, hell, it's not your kid. So as long as it's not happening to me, it's not my kid. Wait until it starts happening to people you know. Wait until it happens to a family member. Then you will realize how dangerous this is. And some of you are looking around you and saying, well, it can never happen to my family. I used to say the same thing. I used to say I was just like you. I used to say this could never happen. People are lazy. People don't try. People don't this. People Until it happened to me. And then I was like, whoa. Whoa. There are people who have advanced degrees who are still homeless. Not because of mental health. One thing happened. They lost a job and couldn't regain their footing. We're not talking about drug use. We're not talking, no, don't include that because that, that would actually increase the numbers if you think about it. The real cause of homelessness is poverty. And poverty comes at the expense of someone else being rich. And you are like, well, if that is the case, you know, you know the saying that says, I've been rich and I've been poor, but I choose rich. I prefer rich anytime. Most of us do because why? It's, it's, it's safety. It, it gives you a feeling of security, right? It makes you feel better. How many of us, I don't know about you, but friends, I'm just going to be honest with you. Every time I get to go in my car, I am like, thank you, Jesus. Every time I come home and I drive up to my house and I see it, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful. When the weather changed the other day and it got so cold, my first thought was, what happens to all these people who are homeless? That was the first thing that I thought. Every time I come home, my house is lit. I have food. I have shelter. I have warmth. I have running water. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I am so very grateful knowing that around me, there are people who don't have. I see them all the time. The other day, I was driving down, uh, where was that? Eight Mile. Eight Mile Road in Detroit going east, right? And I was going to turn onto Greenfield Road and under the overpass, under the bridge. I saw, I know there are always homeless people standing out there during the summer, you know, panhandling. But I was like, there's a man over there. And I saw, it was one of those days when it was like 22 degrees. I don't drive with my coat on, but that day I had my coat on in the car, right? I'm one of those persons who, you know, my coat is on my arm perpetually. And I kid you not, I went, when I looked, he was, he had his encampment, you know, his uh, supermarket cart around him under the bridge. And my daughter said, how could anybody be out in the cold? I mean, we're in the car. It's 22 degrees outside. How could anybody be out there? I kid you not. If, if I am just saying to you, if you were to just look around you and put yourself for one second, just close your eyes and put yourself for one second in the shoes of that person, it will change you. You will never look at it the same way again. I kid you not. Never in my entire life could I ever thought that I could never have shelter. But when I lost my full-time job, and I couldn't, I, my savings were wiped out and I could not pay. I didn't have any more money left. I couldn't believe it. Just like you, like, it is that easy. These things actually happen. It can happen to anybody, even when you think it couldn't. Luckily, we had mom who had her own home. So she wasn't living in an apartment, right? So she could help. What about people who don't have that? So in the rural towns and small towns and, and rural communities, they don't have that because farming has been decimated over time. So they don't have that. The jobs disappeared. So what are people to do? Where They have children. Where are the children going to go? When you had children, you didn't know you were going to be homeless. And this is, I think we have lost our edge and lost our compassion because we sometimes think people do these things to themselves. Homelessness, baby, is a whole different animal. It's a whole different set of dynamics. 
There are people who are homeless because they have mental situations. I've talked to homeless people who refuse to go into a shelter. Nothing I could do could convince them to go into a shelter. And the, the way the system is designed, there are certain criteria that you have to go through. The resources are there. They will help you if you are willing to go through it. Sometimes if you have a family, they will actually put you up in a motel for the night until they place you somewhere. And they have reduced the barriers so that once upon a time, you know, you had to work. No, you don't have to do any of that. Just demonstrate that you can pay some of it. They will find somewhere to put you. It just takes time. They look like
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.